Hey there, Tolkieners. I'm Danny J. And I'm here to introduce a companion piece for Halloween because we're fucking obsessed with Halloween, you guys. We love it. We fucking love it. We've also got Joe Vasky with the, with, here with us. Say hello. Hey, they won't let me leave. Yeah, he's. <laughs> yeah, we won't let him leave. We just recorded an episode and we're going to make him stay to do this. We left the door in the office locked so he can't... He can't get out. Trap Joe. Can't this leave until we're done. <laughs> this is your own horror film. Yeah, yeah we're making a IRL horror right now. IR fucking L, dude. Okay, so what we're going to do for you today is read some uh, Tolkien-flavored creepypastas. Um, <laughs> we'll be reading some Tolkien creepypastas from the annals of the internet. And what is a creepy fa- a creepypasta, yeah. if you're not familiar? I, I need you to tell me, because I've okay. never heard of this. It is a just essentially a short, scary story written by a regular-ass person and posted to the internet, and oftentimes they go viral. So it's fanfic? Yeah. Yeah, in a way, it's Creep- fanfic. Creepy oh, yeah, it's fanfiction. Okay. Uh, um, they actually started as chain letters back way back in the day, like chain letters, and you know, in the in the snail mail. Is it like? Oh, I was I was thinking of those email ones where you'd click on it and be like, if you don't repost us to oh, twenty yeah. people, that's you, you will die. That's what a chain letter is, but analog. But analog, yeah. You just got it. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So they started off as creepypasta started off in chain letters, but in the late nineteen nineties, people started to throw them up on the internet, right? Fun. Um, and they've since become super famous to the point where some folks think that some of the stories in them are actually fucking real. Um. Including, but not limited to, Slender Man, who um, some little girls killed, some tried to kill oh, their yeah, friend over right. in Wisconsin. Oh, I remember hearing about that. Um, and then Siren Head. A lot of people think Siren Head is fucking real, but they're what? from Creepypasta. I always thought that was just like a meme, funny. I No, I'm pretty sure there are people that think <laughs> I thought that, that, that shit was like meme cryptid, like super funny making fun of cryptids. People think that shit's real? I think so, dude. Um but yeah, today we'll be reading some Tolkien-inspired creepypastas, and we may even run into some of our favorite horror icons along the way. Ooh. So please enjoy. So, this one is called Godzilla and Kong on the Slopes of Mount Doom. Oh, I'm excited for this. A greatly battered and weary Godzilla and Kong made their way up the slopes of Mount Doom in order to destroy the One Ring... In order to defeat the this is not well written. In order to defeat the evil Dark Lord Sauron once and for all. Kong, the black furred ape titan with a scar on his chest, was walking in front of Godzilla. Reptilian Titan with a square shaped muzzle, maple leaf shaped dorsal plates on his back, sharp claws on his hands and feet. And one ring around his neck. It's <laughs> a long <laughs> sentence. Yeah, these are all like run-on sentences. Godzilla's a baller, man. <laughs> yeah, Godzilla's fucking cool. Got that bling bling. Godzilla, who had become so exhausted from the long trek to Mordor and through the foul lands, stumbled and hit the ground. Even Kong fell down and rolled over onto his back. Both titans had to stop for a moment to regain a little of their energy. But soon enough, Godzilla raised his head and gazed up to the top of Mount Doom. Gathering what strength he could, Godzilla literally clawed. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> literally. Not, fi- not figuratively, <laughs> but literally. Godzilla literally clawed his way up the slope of the mountain, but he only managed to get a few foot or two ahead of Kong. What? Aren't they monstrously sized? Like <laughs> yeah, a foot or two to them is <laughs> not it's much. It's probably yeah. a Godzilla-sized foot, guys. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's Godzilla different metrics. Scale, different yeah. scale. It's true. He stopped and laid back down to rest, even though it seemed futile as he laid his head back down on the ground. He moved it to the side and took a deep breath. Kong looked over to his friend and rolled back onto his belly. Then with a growl, he too clawed his way up to his weary best friend. Kong was able to make it up to Godzilla and gently rolled the reptile t- reptilian titan onto his back, carefully taking his friend's head into his lap. <laughs> Kong it's looked down sweet. at the... Ring. It is kind of sweet. It is kind of <laughs> sweet. Godzilla looked down at the ring around his best friend's neck before looking up at the burning top of Mount Doom. The ape titan felt as if the this, this situation was becoming more and more gloomy by the minute. Then gazing down at Godzilla's weary and dirt-covered face, Godzilla tried to bring some hope back to their dire quest. Do you remember the Shire on the surface, Mr. Godzilla? <laughs> They're not on a first-name basis yet? No, it's Mr. Godzilla still. Well, I think it's supposed to imitate oh, Mr. Frodo. Oh, because it's Mr. Frodo. Mr. Frodo. Oh, Frodo. Oh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, <laughs> It'll be spring soon, Kong reminded with a smile. Godzilla's eyes opened a little as... As Kong then said, and the giant orchids will be in blossom. <laughs> he took a breath. Are, they, are <laughs> they on like skull island? <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> he took a breath as he began to miss everything about their home. And the ugly birds will be nesting in the spiny thicket. The ugly bird. Then he thought it a little humorous when they, when he said... And the behemoths will be sowing the summer barley in the lower fields. Then with a less but still happy thought came to his mind and he said, And they'll be (laughs) And they'll be eating the first of the radiated strawberries. <laughs> what the what fuck? The hell, are they living in? Yeah, where like why do you even want to go back there? Godzilla weakly smiled at the thought, and Kong smiled back before asking him, Do you remember the taste of your ra- of radiated strawberries, Mr. Godzilla? No, no, Kong, Godzilla said with exhaustion in his voice. I can't recall the taste of food, radiated or not. He began to reminisce about the things he missed by saying, Nor the sound of ocean water, or the touch of tree leaves i'm the reptilian titan was sounding a little scared when he said naked in the dark (laughs) he sounded truly frightened when he said there's there's nothing his eyes grew wide when he told kong whose lips slightly quivered there's no veil between me and the wheel of fire (laughs) 
His eyes grew more and more wide. This is just the fucking Lord of the Rings. Yeah, with Kong. <laughs> it is Kong and, and radiated strawberries. And strawber- yeah, it's all the same shit. And giant orchids. I don't know, man. Uh, Behemoth sowing summer barley. I'm like 80% through this, and I'm just like, this is all the same shit. His eyes grew wider and more grew ever more wide as he could basically see the <laughs> basically see the dark lord right now i can see him the lizard's breath became more frantic and he said with my waking eyes <laughs> then let us be rid of it kong said with a glare for all the misery that the ring and the master had caused them and its master had caused them once and for all godzilla looked up at kong up to him as kong said come on mr godzilla kong knew that he couldn't carry the ring when he shook his head and said i can't carry it for you but with a nod of his head something else came to mind but i can carry it by carrying you (laughs) he started moving godzilla over his shoulders and he yelled come on (laughs) when godzilla was firmly secured over his shoulders and the one ring was still around the reptile's neck Kong knew that they were ready. Taking it one step at a time, Kong carried Godzilla up the slopes of Mount Doom to finish the quest. I mean, that was cool, I guess. You is know? that where it stops? That's where it How ends. does it end? I do. That They finished the quest. How does it end? There, There is an author's <laughs> note that's important. Okay. It says, Oh, okay. It doesn't seem that impossible to me for Kong to carry Godzilla. <laughs> I mean... Up a mountain might seem a little difficult, but I think Kong could carry Godzilla all the way. I was actually just thinking that in my head, because isn't Godzilla supposed to be significantly stockier than Kong? He's way bigger than Kong. Yeah, what the fuck? (laughs) Don't load him over his shoulder. There's no way. He's like a billion tons. He's like huge. That was (laughs) fun. That was really fun. Okay, That was a wild ride. I liked it. That got me. That got me good. I just love the irradiated strawberries. The irradiated yeah. strawberries. I don't recall the taste of food, <laughs> radiated or not. All right, this next one, Joel and Trevor are going to double team because it's a little long. It's uh, it's called The Hour of Redemption. A cold breeze blew in from the north. It was coming. In a matter of minutes, the sun would completely vanish, leaving only its opposite to shine a pale light back to the once deserted cottage. Oloran, or Gandalf the Grey, as he was commonly known in Middle-earth, sat pensively blowing various sized smoke rings from his oak pipe. The night grew colder and the pine trees danced to the wind's melody. There was a sense of good fortune in the air, but it was stalked by hesitation. Would this really work? thought Gandalf. Could the Velar have been mistaken in sending me here? It all seemed too strange to him. The full moon was out. A group of charcoal clouds approached quickly. They covered the dark purple, gray night sky and made their way to the cottage. The storm was coming, but would it be the one? Gandalf felt a chill that even pinched his bones. This was the one, no doubt. But would its power be in vain? Gandalf was hesitant to return to the cottage. What an eerie feeling it brought, as if no good could come from the could come from going back there. He'd thought about leaving multiple times, but in the end decided to fulfill his mission. 
He had to. It was not until a drop of precipitation brushed against Gandalf's pointed nose that he reluctantly stood up from his resting rock. It was the first raindrop. He would have to move quickly if he wanted to reach the cottage before the rain, rainfall began. Gandalf clenched the spotless gold pendant that hung from his neck and trudged through the already muddy trail. As Gandalf reached for the cottage's doorknob, he heard a faint mumble. Inside, the notorious Mr. Victor Frankenstein neurotically pa <laughs> paced oh, of course. from wall to wall, running his fingers through his salt and pepper hair. His, his salt and pepper hair. Victor's appearance and persona had drastically changed after what was known as the accident. His droopy, blue-gray eyes were always filled with remorse and were shadowed by large, dark circles. His face gave a false impression of his age. Victor was only 42, but looked far over 50. Gandalf could sense Victor's fear. When Victor finally looked up, he abruptly stopped and faced Gandalf. Is this the one? questioned Victor with a quiver in his voice. I believe so. Is everything ready? Yes. Uh, let me just... said Victor as he scurried to get the missing piece. It was obvious that Victor had not slept in days, maybe even weeks. The apprehension was getting to him. He could barely stay still. Gandalf just hoped that all would work. In the middle of the cramped, dusty room lay a metal table. On top of it was a covered being with grossly large arms dangling off the table's edge. Gandalf uncovered the creature with one swift pull. Oh, how he pitied it. Its eyes were closed for now. <laughs> its olive, scabrous skin was frigid to the touch. Gandalf had never seen such a grotesque creature. Not even the orcs in Middle-earth could compare. He was deep in thought when Victor hastily returned with the strange apparatus. I... I found it! Gandalf, we must... Victor, what were your motives for creating this helpless being? Interrupted Gandalf in a harsh tone. I, I just wanted to... Were you aware that it is forbidden for anyone, especially a human, to awaken the dead? Yes, Victor muttered. I just didn't know how dire the consequences would be. He took a deep breath and took out a rusty silver locket from his pocket. I didn't think that it would affect others as much. He opened the locket and gazed at the yellowing photo of his beloved Elizabeth. Gandalf sighed. This is why there are laws, Victor. Nature has to keep balance in the universe. With life, there is certainty of death. When that balance is disturbed... Victor interrupted. I know, I know. When the balance is disturbed, unnatural things happen. I get it. Now, at least... Victor closed the locket and returned it to his left breast pocket. It was time for Victor to try and redeem himself. Victor and Gandalf began the tedious process. First, link the ten clips to the creature's fingertips carefully so that, the, so that they would pinch the right nerves. Then attach the cables to the machine. Oh, how they both hoped the clunky machine would work. The machine connected to a copper chain running upward to three metal rods located on the roof. These rods would attract the essential lightning that would then run down the chain and awaken the creature's nervous system and therefore 
the creature would be revived again. Victor still saw it as a science experiment, but Gandalf knew that they were dealing with a much more powerful force. Careful with that cable, Gandalf. This equipment is old and unstable, warned Victor. How did that happen? Come again, Gandalf. What I mean is what happened to Elizabeth. Oh, sometimes I ask myself that same question. Well, it began when I first brought the creature to life. At first I was overcome by joy. I could not believe that my experiment had worked. I had done the unthinkable, the supposedly undoable. But then, as my creation sluggishly lifted himself from this exact table, I felt weak. It was not fatigue, but I felt as though I had aged, as if my body were deteriorating. I had just created life, but I felt closer to death. Now, is your creature a collage of limbs you collected? Asked Gandalf. Yes, Frankenstein nodded. I wanted him to be an original piece. Victor, life is not to be handled like a toy or a piece of artwork, roared Gandalf. I know, but I was young then and foolish. Gandalf sighed again. (sighs) What else happened? After that night, everything I touched became ill or died. It was as if I had the Midas touch of death. I first noticed when I watered my marigolds the following morning. They were an arrangement of vibrant orange and golden yellow, but then they rotted and browned. At first I thought they had died of excessive water, but there were more signs that were not merely coincidental. And then one day my beloved wife, my Elizabeth, contracted scarlet fever, and before I knew it she was gone. And the worst part, Gandalf, is that she was carrying. I lost not only my love, but also my unborn son. At that moment... Oh, shit! (laughs) God damn. Really shitty. Oh, fuck. Poor Victor. At that moment, I knew I was cursed. That I was the cause of my misfortunes. Victor began to weep. Victor, if there is any chance that we can restore balance again, we must awaken the creature. I was even the destruction of my own creation. There is no hope left. Soon I will be swallowed by death itself, and all my misery will end. Gandalf had finally had it. Pull yourself together, Victor. You are the one who got yourself into this mess, and now we have to resolve it. You may feel as though you are getting closer to your own death, but you will never die until you reestablish the natural balance of life and death. This isn't one of your science experiments anymore, and you need to take responsibility. Victor quivered in fear of Gandalf's wrath, but then came to his senses. You're right, Gandalf. I would never be able to do this without you. I don't understand, though, how bringing the creature back to life will restore the balance. It is a very complicated concept, which is why it is forbidden to mess with it. You created a being. Creation is natural, but creation from the dead is not, and therefore you've mocked the creation of life. (laughs) Okay. But Gandalf, wouldn't the creature's death suffice? No, let me explain it to you in a different way. Life and death (laughs) are like good and evil. (laughs) There must be a balance, correct? Victor nodded in agreement. There will always be evil wherever there is good, but that evil must be managed to a certain amount. That is why I was sent to Middle-earth. There was an offset in the balance of good and evil. 
If Sauron had not been defeated, all of Middle-earth would have perished because evil was allowed to roam free. You, Victor, have set death free. Death took your creation, and now you have let him have a fair cycle. To counteract death, you must bring him back to life. It is the only way. Everything was in place. The cables were connected, the machine was ready, and the rods were exposed. Gandalf took the golden pendant from his neck and opened it. Inside was a translucent dust given to him by the Valar. The dust was blessed and would ward off evil. Gandalf, swi uh, Gandalf swiftly sprinkled a thin line of dust on the creature's forehead and left chest. All that was left was the lightning. The rain showered down forcefully. Gandalf worried that it might break the feeble roof. Suddenly there was a flash of bright white light nearby. Gandalf and Victor stared at each other with anticipation. Instantly they heard a rattling sound that turned and turned to view the machine beeping uncontrollably. The electricity from the lightning streamed down through the metal and to the creature's fingertips. A stench of fried flesh overwhelmed their nostrils. There was a moan. Gandalf and Victor turned to see the creature's open, bloodshot eyes. It was done. Victor left. Victor felt a relief and weight lifted from his chest. The curse had been done away with and the balance restored. Gandalf smiled to himself. Another task accomplished. The storm carried on and washed away Victor's distress. Immediately his eyes twinkled. He smiled. Even though Victor had lost the most dear thing to him, he could now live in peace. He glanced over at his creation, who sat up and began to gradually move his fingers, and thought that this could be a new beginning. Ooh. That was kind of strange. That was actually not bad. I the writing wasn't bad, but I do not understand the whole logic of no. The I mean, the logic all. makes no sense. It's a very yeah. complicated. It's concept. very complicated. I love concept. how the exposition of Gandalf just explaining it. Just like <laughs> no, dummy, you don't understand. I do, yeah, I do like the idea of Gandalf just like time traveling to yeah. different famous stories and helping in solve helping the balance bro we should do that as like a fucking series that would be f really fucking Just fun doctor who but with but gandalf with, but with yeah. fucking gandalf yeah traveling yeah. in the tardis through time and space <laughs> wow okay that one was that was a fun one that was that fucking that cool. was a fun one yeah next we got uh trev's gonna read one here um this is called Unexpected. When Legolas regained his footing at this sudden impact, he found himself not in the cave he'd wandered into for some shade, but a large library of some sort. The light from the windows indicated it was some time in the afternoon. There were rows of shelves lined with books, and the table at its center littered with some strange objects, crosses, bottles of clear liquid, and more books. Then... In through the sleek-looking doors to his left raced a foul-faced creature with fangs and eyes as dark as any orcs. Oh, dear. And behind it, a golden-haired woman came dashing in, meaning to follow him. She appeared entirely human. Legolas prepared for a fight. Stance at the ready. Got you now, the woman cried out. And to Legolas's astonishment, the two sparred with fists and kicks. She was fiercely strong. 
Not unlike the earliest of men. <laughs> men, nice. men of the elder days. <laughs> all right, all right. She's, she's good. The woman, as if noticing him for the first time, glanced at Legolas in confusion and surprise. Then her expression changed to questioning as she opened her mouth to speak. But before she could do so, the fanged creature took a swipe at her and landed a blow to her chin, knocking her back. Clearly, this creature meant to do her harm, and he didn't appear to be the most pleasant of beings. Rising again, the woman seemed to have made up her mind. Quick, hand me that steak, she called out. Legolas, not wanting to see this seemingly valiant woman harmed, and questioning now his own safety, did as she asked, identifying the sharp object she required and tossing it in her direction. After containing the creature with which she fought, the woman drove the wooden stake into what Legolas presumed was its heart, and the creature simply vanished, leaving behind only a pile of dust. (laughs) The vampire. I have only ever heard of them. They served Morgoth, Legolas said more to himself, wondering at what strange world he'd found himself in. Morgoth? The woman questioned. Well, you're definitely not from around here. She had her hands up in a fighting stance and was eyeing him with suspicion. Lady, I mean you no harm, Legolas said, putting up his hands. I simply sought some shade in my land and seemed to have wandered into some manner of gateway that led me here. She relaxed her posture a bit at that, but kept the wooden stake in her hands. Gateway, huh? Well, you don't look human for that matter, she replied. You're pretty. Too pretty. What are you? What the fuck? (laughs) I am an elf, Legolas, son of Thranduil, he replied. At his earnest tone, the woman lowered the stake she had kept raised and looked him over once more. Definitely not the Christmassy kind. Different dimension is right. (laughs) I think even Xander would get a kick out of you with those looks. The woman responded with a laugh. Thanks for your help back there, she continued, dropping the wooden stake back on the table. I'm Buffy, by the way. Buffy, daughter of Joyce Summers, she said with a smile. Then he smiled back. Then his face grew uncertain. What is the year? Buffy, Legolas asked. 1999, she responded. At his shocked expression, she seemed to soften a bit. And how old are you exactly? Uh, 2,931, he replied. Wow, pretty and old. Are you sure someone didn't send you here? Because you sound just like my type. <laughs> Buffy said <laughs> jokingly. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but her Two eyes... Over 2,000 <laughs> years older than you is your type? She likes older men. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, no kidding. All right, I guess. Uh, yep, yeah, Buffy said jokingly, but her eyes had grown wary once again. <laughs> I assure I was not sent here, Legolas assuaged. Accepting his answer, she continued again. Anyways, the others should be here soon. Let's see if we can get you back to where you came from. That'd be most appreciated, Legolas responded gratefully. Then more gently, you're hurt. Oh, don't worry. I'll be fine soon enough. I'm a slayer, Buffy replied. His blank expression. Sworn to fight off the forces of darkness, she elaborated. They still plague you then? Legolas lamented. We just fought a war of our own. (laughs) His expression grew sad. (laughs) (laughs) We wish to put a rest to such darkness, he gestured gestured towards the now pile of dust. But it seems times have not changed much. The darkness may always be here, but so will we, Buffy responded. And hey, it's not so bad. We have internet and telephones. Telephone? Legolas repeated slowly. Yeah, let me show you. I've got to check on the others anyway, she said. 
At that, Buffy ushered him over to a device attached to the wall. It had a piece she lifted to hold to her ear and a long, thick string that attached it to the wall. She pushed a series of small colored tiles on the contraption to elicit a faint ring from the device. Hello? Giles? Yeah, I'm okay. I got him. Listen, we've got an unexpected guest with us. She glanced over her shoulder at Legolas. He says he's really old and talks like you. After exchanging a few more words, she replaced the attached piece she held to her ear back on the other half and turned back to Legolas, who was staring stunned. She just communicated with someone as if by magic. They said they're bringing sushi with a happy smile. Well, that was fun. That that was Buffy very, the Vampire I wanna, Slayer. I that wish she had shown him the wonders of dial-up internet. Oh, that'd be <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah, what, <laughs> other, the web now. <laughs> what other totally rad shit from 1999 could she show Legolas? Hey, the 90s were a great decade. A corded yeah. phone. Check out this new thing called PlayStation. It works with a disc. Whoa. <laughs> you ever heard of cable TV? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that was a fun one. So we got we got one that Joseph's gonna read here. Um, it's real short, but I'm sure it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I'm excited for it. Yeah, this is a short one. It's called "I Am No Man." <laughs> the Witch King saw a shimmer in the air, and his undead lips formed in themselves into a smile. The ring, he hissed. He dismounted, drew his mace, and hastened towards the telltale signs of an invisible presence. Then he began to feel puzzled. At close quarters, oh the God. <laughs> at close quarters, the ring wearer should be visible in the shadow world, but he could see nothing, nothing except three glowing red dots that appeared on his chest. <laughs> The predator. <laughs> 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 the, <laughs> uh -oh. the 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 predator approached the smoldering <laughs> rays that were all that remained of the witch king. <laughs> the body had burnt up, leaving no skull for a trophy, but at least there was a crown. <laughs> it's kind of okay. sick for being. That one was pretty sick for being so short. <laughs> I like how sweet. he felt the invisible presence, and it was just it just was a predator. I knew online. right away. I knew as soon as they said he felt an invisible presence, or there was an invisible presence, but he couldn't see him in the shadow. I was like, oh shit! Oh fuck, predator! Wow, that's pretty cool. Well, that was really fun. That's really that is really fun. Uh, yeah, and if you guys enjoyed that, we basically do that same thing on our Patreon, um, from time to time, and we do it with uh really filthy fan fiction. And we do it with porn. It's great. Yeah, with pornography. <laughs> and uh, so if you like like this uh format here that we did, but you want to hear us do porn. Uh, give it <laughs> now when you say hear us do porn, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, it's more of like an ASMR. We, yeah, you it's, know, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's it's filthy fun. No, but, yeah, it's, you know, it's stories. They're they're they are hilarious stories. Oh, they're fucking awesome. But um, yeah, check that out. Give it to the Patreon um and check all those out. I think there's three of them at this point. Um, oh yeah, there's there's a there's a few up there now. Go check out that Patreon content. Yeah. But that's all we have for you today, guys. Happy motherfucking Halloween, you guys. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Carve a pumpkin. Yeah, carve a pumpkin. Fucking drink some whiskey. Drink some candy corn. Apple you cider? Drink like, some candy yeah. corn? Drink some, I, I said drink some candy corn because I thought in my head, Joel, of the candy corn whiskey oh, we had over the weekend. Yeah. That's what, yeah, I bought a candy clip. I Was left that it. Good? 
It was really good. Yeah. Sounds awful, but <laughs> I don't yeah, like I don't really like candy corn. So yeah. I'm not a huge candy corn person, nor am I a big like sweet whiskey person. So it didn't hit right for me. But you know what? I'm <laughs> glad you enjoyed it. I enjoyed <laughs> it. But yeah, drink some of that shit <laughs> that you can only find at the Wisconsin liquor store. Um, but yeah, um, also watch horror movies. We talk yeah. about yeah, we watch. Tis the season, guys. Tis the season. Check them out. Um, also, happy birthday, Peter Jackson. That's right. It's oh his yeah. birthday, birthday today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Peter Jackson. Um, but yeah, I'm Danny J. I'm Joel N. I'm Trevor D. I'm Joe Vasky. Yes, you are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We are? We, uh, we are. Um, yeah. What we are, are We are. Uh, Keep on talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, Ray in two Luva. Really, really brought it back there, guys. <laughs> yeah, we fucking nailed that.